This morning in our worship as we celebrate New Year and welcome a new year again into our midst, our service is structured just slightly differently. We're going to spend some time in scripture. We're going to spend some time in reflection and in prayer. I figured that after the busyness of the last week, perhaps we could all just use a little bit of silence and a little bit of downtime here in this holy place. And so there will be some time for you just to sit with your own thoughts and to reflect on God's will, God's promise, God's purpose for you in this new year. We begin with a reading from the Old Testament from Psalm 130, reading from verse 1. Listen for God's words to us this morning. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities." We don't know exactly what was happening in the life of the psalmist as he wrote this psalm, but clearly, clearly as you read or hear these words, it is a psalm of anguish. It's a psalm where he is crying out in despair. It's a cry for help, a plea for God's attention. But also it is a proclamation of faith. It's a sign of trust. That in the midst of the pain, the discomfort, that the author is turning to God, turning to God and trusting that God will come to his rescue. I wonder as you reflect on the year that has just passed, as you think about the year that you personally have gone through, were there times when you cried out in anguish? Moments in your own life when you were brought low, perhaps by loss or by illness, perhaps by some circumstance beyond your control. Perhaps your cries of anguish were not so much for yourself. Perhaps you cried out in bewilderment as you tried to make sense of the injustices in our world the constant barrage of bad news, war, and violence. Perhaps you have found it difficult to remain hopeful in a world that so often seems to be spiraling out of control. Our psalmist gives us permission this morning to come to God with all of our pain, to cry out to God and ask God to hear us in our distress, but the psalmist also brings us a word of reminder and comfort, a reminder to be patient, 
to put our faith in the God who is filled with steadfast love and a God who has the power to redeem every situation. So as we enter into a time of silence and prayer, I invite you to reflect back on the past year, to think about perhaps the lowest moments that you faced, and to call for God's a reminder of God's presence. Perhaps you can easily identify where God did show up, where God gave a glimpse of his love and of his grace. Perhaps you're still struggling to make sense of some of the things that you endured. Perhaps you're still waiting. But this morning, this morning as you come to God in prayer, wait with hope and wait with an expectant heart, knowing that our Lord is the Lord of steadfast love. Let us pray. Gracious God, we wait for you. We wait for you with hope. We wait for you as the watchmen waited for the rising of the sun, trusting, trusting in your promises, trusting in your goodness. Lord, in those moments when we have cried out to you, when we have longed to hear your voice, your word of assurance and comfort, when we have longed to find strength in your words, in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for the ways in which you did come to our rescue, when you lifted us from the depths. Lord, we wait. We wait for the transformation of our world world filled with pain and violence, greed and inequality. We wait, Lord, sometimes with heavy hearts, sometimes impatiently, but we trust in your goodness and in your mercy. Help us, Lord. Help us to find in our hearts that expectant hope Help us to rely on your strength each day. Help us to remain faithful as you are faithful to us. Help us to walk each day in your ways. For we pray this in the name of Christ who came into our world. Amen. Turning now to the New Testament and Paul's letter to the Philippians, Philippians chapter 4 and reading from verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Philippians wrote these, Paul wrote these words to the Philippians while he was in prison. And often this letter is known as the epistle of joy because of the attitude in which they were written, the attitude that Paul adopted while being imprisoned. Rejoicing in every circumstance and finding joy amidst trials is a major theme throughout the book. And it is quite astonishing that Paul, who had every reason to be discontent and upset by the world's treatment of him, he is in prison after all for preaching the gospel, but despite his circumstances, he still exudes joy and thankfulness. Paul writes to the church in Philippi, encouraging church unity, encouraging doctrinal purity and spiritual maturity. It's incredible to think that when Paul had every reason to be upset, to be angry, to question God's plan for his life, he chose instead to rejoice. Instead of being filled with anxiety and fear, he chose contentment and prayer. That kind of trust and confidence in the world is difficult in the Lord, is difficult to find today in our world. It's so much easier for us to find things to be anxious about. I don't know about you, but if I had to just begin a list of the things that worry me or trouble me, I could quite easily come up with 10, 12, 15 in just a matter of moments. But Paul writes to the church in Philippi and asks them to trust in God, to remember God's faithfulness. And in keeping with that, he shows himself to be faithful in the world. Now, friends, I don't think that means that we have to adopt a false positivity. We don't have to pretend that we are always happy. That does no one any good. But I do think that this scripture calls us to reflect, to reflect on the ways that God is blessing us and to reflect on the ways that God is calling us to share that joy with others, to be people with thankful hearts, to be people whose lives reflect a praise of God. I wonder what our world would look like if all of us tried to adopt the attitude that is given to us in verse 8, to focus on what is true, what is honorable, what is just, what is pure, what is pleasing to God, what is worthy of our praise. I wonder if we all tried to make that our New Year's resolution, to adopt that attitude, the difference that it would make in our lives, the difference that it would make in the lives of those around us, and the difference slowly that it might make in our world. 
If we were people who rejoiced, if we were people who praised God in all situations, again, not denying the pain that we find ourselves in and not denying the pain of our world, but finding ways in the midst of that pain, like Paul did, finding ways in the midst of the difficulties of our lives to still exude joy, to still find ways to be thankful, to still find ways to bring people into God's presence as we reflect on the goodness God has brought to us. So as we enter into a time of praise, I invite you to think about the ways in which your life has been blessed by God in this past year. Think about the ways God has brought you joy. Think about the circumstances in which you have found yourself content, knowing God's peace, knowing God's presence. Think about the ways in which God has shown up to bring you comfort and hope. Reflect on these things and trust in God's faithfulness. Let us pray. Gracious God, we confess there are times that we are too quick to grumble and complain. Times when all we see around us are the faults, the faults in ourselves or the faults in others. Times when it's so easy to focus on all that is wrong in our world or all that is going wrong in our own lives. And in the midst of all of that, Lord, we fail to see your presence. We fail to appreciate the blessings that you have given to us. We fail to respond to your call upon our lives to share those blessings with others. Too often, Lord, the fears and the worries of our hearts hold us captive, and we are imprisoned by our own anxieties. Set us free, Lord. Set us free to trust in your promises, to lean on your strength, to trust that whatever happens in our world or in our lives, you are there. You are there to bring healing and comfort. You are there with wisdom and truth. So help us, Lord, Help us in our daily lives to be people of joy, to be people who bless others in our lives as we go about our daily business, as we speak a word of kindness or hope, compassion, welcome. Help us, Lord, in small ways to show your love and your grace. And, and help us, Lord, to trust in your goodness, that as we rejoice, as we are thankful, that that will emanate through us and others will come to know you. May we trust in your promises now and always. Amen. Let's turn now to Romans, Romans chapter 12, and beginning from verse 9. 
Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I don't know about you, but as I look at that scripture, as I hear those words, I'm not sure which one of them I have the most trouble with. But as we look at that scripture, there are so many things, so many pieces that Paul puts together here. And in some translation of scripture, this passage is entitled, Marks of the True Christian. If anyone was looking at my life, I'm not sure that they could identify each one of these points that Paul brings out. Is my love always genuine? Do I always hate what is evil? Do I always hold fast to what is good? Do I outdo, do I try to outdo others in showing honor? Do I always rejoice in hope? Am I always patient in suffering? Do I always extend hospitalities to strangers? You get the point. We each could go through this scripture and I guess before we'd even got to the end of the first sentence, find places where we have failed, places where we are not able to live up to these marks of the true Christian. Probably before we've even got dressed and left the house, we might have failed in a few of them. But it's not about achieving perfection. The Christian life is fraught with pitfalls. None of us are perfect. If we were, we wouldn't need a savior. Paul is not calling the Christians in Rome to perfection. He's calling them each day to strive, to try just a little bit harder, or to try again because they failed the day before. That's the message for all of us in scripture, I think. Not that ever we get it right, but that we never give up trying. I invite you sometime later today or later this week to turn again to the scripture, to Romans 12, and to read this section again. Perhaps there's one little section of it that jumps out at you. Perhaps there's one area in your life that you feel called to. Perhaps you feel called in this new year to a new area of ministry or a new project or endeavor. Perhaps for you it's 
about hoping for a transformation in a relationship, a way for you to live, as Paul says, peaceably with someone in your family or in your workplace with whom you've had some troubles. Perhaps you are being called to extend hospitality to strangers or to contribute to the needs of the saints. Perhaps you're being called to love with mutual affection. Perhaps you're being called to serve the Lord in some new way. But know even before we begin that we will fail. We will not be perfect. We will not do it in the manner in which perhaps we would like to. Some of you perhaps made New Year's resolutions. If you're like me, you kind of decide, what's the point? I'm not going to keep them anyway, so why bother making them, right? That doesn't need to be the, the approach we have to our Christian life. We know we will not be perfect. We know we will not live up to God's expectations and perhaps not even to our own. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. That doesn't mean that each day we are not supposed to rise anew and try again. Try to be the face of Christ, the hands of Christ, speak the words of Christ in our world. And yes, each night as we go to bed, we will be able to name one or two or a thousand ways in which we failed. But tomorrow... Tomorrow is always a new day. Tomorrow is always a new opportunity, a new chance, a new way in which God calls us to service, that God calls us to love and to grace and to community. And so it's my hope and my prayer as we each begin this new year that we would spend some time in Scripture we would spend some time reflecting on God's call upon our lives. We would spend some time trusting that if God is calling us to a particular ministry or service or calling us out of a particular situation, that God will give us the strength that we need to be faithful and trust. Trust that in those moments when you wander away, when you fail, when you do not live up to God's expectations, trust that always tomorrow is a new day and always you are given grace and forgiveness. Let us pray. ever-faithful and ever-present God, we rejoice in the ways that you call each one of us. You call us your children, your disciples. And Lord, we know we have failed you in so many small and large ways. We've turned from your words, but we rejoice that you do not turn from us. But each day you call us anew, each moment you call us into your love and into your presence. 
Help us, Lord, to leave behind all our past regrets and failures and help us each day, each moment, each moment to hear your love echoed in our lives, each moment to hear your call, your call to live as God's chosen people, your call to live out our lives in service to you, your call to love, to show compassion and kindness, your call to live in hope, to welcome the stranger, your call to stand with those who are in mourning, your call, your call to turn to you in all moments, in all times, Lord, in this year ahead, we pray that as we each day, as e each day we try to follow your ways, we would reflect and spend time in your word, spend time listening to your voice above the voices of our world. Lord, we pray that as a church, as a body of believers in this place, we would be able to proclaim the good news of your kingdom, that we would be able to be your hands and your feet, showing love to those in need here in this community and around our world. We thank you for the many opportunities that we do have, and we look forward to new opportunities, new ministries, new projects, new partnerships, ways in which we might live out your calling Build your kingdom here in our world. For we pray this in the name of Christ who came into our world to bring healing and hope, life in all its fullness. May we embrace that fullness this day and always.